Okay, so in the first part of the Febrengen that we are reviewing, the Rebbe mentioned that there are three special things that happen this Shabbos. First of all, it's a Shabbos after Shabbos Breshis. Second of all, it's Parshas Noyach. And third of all, it's on the 6th of Cheshvan. So the first message that we learned yesterday from the fact that it's a Shabbos after Shabbos Breshis is the idea of unity. Because on Shabbos Breshis, we announce Yaakov went on his journey and we say it in the singular, which highlights the oneness of the Jewish people. And it's especially relevant on Shabbos, because Shabbos, we learned yesterday, is, a, is, is the realm of thought, as opposed to during the week, which is the realm of speech. Hashem created the world with words, and when you talk, words, your words about the person outside of yourself, and there are all different kinds of people, etc., but thought is only, when you're, only within yourself. So Shabbos is an elevation to a place which is above division. And as we learned yesterday, it's especially pronounced and seen by Yafar and People get together and they say L'chaim and they wish each other well. There's a unique kindness there, unique, unique connection there. And so that's the um, first message we get from this the Shabbos. The Shabbos, the Shabbos, Shabbos, the emphasis on unity. Now we're going to learn the second message we get from the Shabbos. And that is that it's Parshas Noyach. The word Noach means tranquility. And the opening verse of the Torah portion says, Noach's name twice. Noach, Noach. And that means, that means that there's tranquility in both the higher realms and tranquility in the lower realms. Okay, that sounds great. But if you have to create tranquility, and that means there wasn't tranquility there before. You know how I say tranquility in Russian? Tranquility, peace, peacefulness. Noach means that there's a state of peace and things are settled. But if you have to make peace, that means it wasn't that way before. So that means that Noach is about tshuva. There's a situation which isn't the way it's supposed to be. And that's when you need the situation to be rectified. So Noach is about rectifying a situation which isn't good. Which is, on a personal level, the theme of Noach is tshuva. The theme of Noach is turning around from a situation where, where things aren't the way they're meant to be and, and making them better. So that's one theme we see in Parshas Neach. Another theme we see in Parshas Neach is redemption, Mashiach. The Rebbe said that this Fabrengen and many other Fabrengens, we always want to connect everything with the coming of Mashiach. We want to bring Mashiach, and therefore whatever, whatever we do, we, we connect it with Mashiach. I think it's sort of like the, um, the various ways of praying. There are various correct ways of praying. There's Nusfar, Nusach Ashkenaz, Nuschari. And the Rizal says, that if you don't know what nusach to pray, you don't know what your soul, your 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 um, is connected to your. You don't know what prayer book is connected to your soul. The result says my prayer book is for all souls. So, and he says his prayer book is analogous to a gate in the temple. That if you didn't know what tribe you were from, you go through his gate. So in a similar way, the result says. If you don't know what soul you have or you're a convert to Judaism, you should use my prayer book. It's for all souls. In a similar way, I think that in our generation, the, there's something unique about, because we're a generation before the coming of Mashiach, something unique about, about the emphasis of Mashiach that, that is the color, it's the flavor, it's the nusach of the term mitzvahs that we're supposed to be doing. Everything has to be connected to Mashiach. So how does Noah connect with Mashiach? So Chassidus talks about Noah and the boat of Noah. And how the boat of Noah is sort of like the sukkah. 
Why is the, the boat of Noach like the ark, like the sukkah? Because the sukkah is a place of peace. As we say in our prayers, you should spread over us the sukkah of your peace. In Noah's ark, there was peace. All the animals were there together. And although they were there together, they didn't fight with each other. So it's, it was similar to the time of the coming of Mashiach, when the wolf will lie with the lamb. The animals all get along. So in Noah's ark, you saw something which is similar to the coming of Mashiach, something similar to the sukkah. There's peace. Analog- and literally analogous to the time of coming of Mashiach, when the animals are getting along. Peace is connected to the sphere of Bina. Bina is the source. Bina means understanding. Um, Shabbos is called the day of pleasure. Shabbos is associated with the sphere of Chachma. And Bina, understanding, is associated more with Yantif. It says that Bina is about revelation. When things are in a state of Chachma, things are just the initial perception of something, so you could enjoy it, but it's not no joy there yet. It's not, you're not able to celebrate it. When can you celebrate it when it's revealed, when it's open, when it's clear. So Yantiv is a time of joy because Yantiv is associated with the sphere of Bina. That's what, like we say in Halal, the mother of children was happy. Bina is about revelation of godliness. Yantiv is a happy time because there's revelation. So in Yantiv itself, in Bina itself, there are different levels of Bina, different levels of this kind of revelation. There's an external part of Bina, and there's an inner part of Bina. So, a sukkah is associated with the external level of Bina. But the, the Ark of Noah, the boat, was connected to the inner dimension of Bina, which is connected to the inner dimension of Hashem's pleasure, which will be revealed when Mashiach will come. And that's the difference between sukkahs and Noah's Ark. Sukkahs is also a time of peace. Why? On Sukkot, we, um, time the base of Migdash, we brought 70 bulls. Why do we bring 70 bulls? Because the 70 bulls are supposed to impact nations of the world to make them at peace with the Jewish people. Not just to make them at peace, but to elevate them, to purify them. We are bringing 70 bulls in the base of Migdash, and it's protecting all nations of the world. The Gemara says that if the nations of the world would know how impactful and how, how, prote- how um, what kind of blessing they receive from the the sacrifices the Jews are bringing, they would protect the temple with crystal, if they knew how, how, how beneficial it was for them. So the, um, so the 70 bulls that we bring throughout the holiday, they affect the nations of the world. Okay, they cause the nations of the world to be at peace. Now the Rambam says, when the Torah says, that when Mashiach will come, the wolf will lie with the lamb, the Rambam says it's just a parable. It doesn't mean literally the wolf will lie with the lamb. It means that the nations of the world who are compared to uh, animals in different ways, they will be at peace with the Jewish people. Those animal, the, just like animals are predatory, they try to hurt other animals, so too the nations of the world who are predatory to the Jew- Jewish people, the wolf will lie with the lamb, they'll be at peace with us. So Ram says, don't take this literally. But that's, that's um, one opinion. Other opinions are, that when Mashiach will come, it will be literally that the wolf and the lamb will get along and there will be peace among the animals as well. And even the Rambam, who says this won't be literal, the Rambam says, don't, don't trust what I'm saying 100%. The Rambam writes in a letter called the Letter of Resurrection of the Dead. He writes, although I wrote that this is not to be taken literally, but it's possible that it will happen literally. That there actually there will be peace among the animals. And that's what, uh, how, how other commentaries understand this verse. It's a literal thing. Animals will get along when Mashiach will come. 
as the Rabbi Shimon Be'echoi said, and the Yud and the Mishnah say that the animals no longer will fight with each other, etc. So, yeah, Arika Bokri Yechotev. So it's in a simple sense, according to, according to other commentaries. And even the Ramam agrees that this is possible. So, so now let's look at the difference between a sukkah and the ark, Noah's ark. A sukkah is about bringing peace among nations of the world that shouldn't fight with the Jewish people. But Noah's ark is much more impactful. Noah's ark is that the nations of the world, not just nations of the world, but the animals in the literal sense should be at peace. The impact of the sacrifices on nations of the world also had different um, manifestations. Let's talk about the difference between the first temple and the second temple. In the first temple, the, the nations of the world all brought taxes to King Solomon, to Shlomo HaMelech. They honored the Jewish people, and they were impacted by the Jewish people, and respected the Jewish people, and they gave taxes to the Jewish people. What happened in the time of the second base of English, especially at the end of the second temple era? The opposite. Jewish people were required to give taxes to the Gentiles. So, so the idea of peace, full peace to the Jewish people, was more obvious time the, second, the first temple than the second. People were, they were, there was a peaceful time the second temple, but, but they still had to give taxes. Um, they were under the rule of the nations of the world. Um, so, The ark was a place that was similar to the time of coming Mashiach in a literal sense, affecting the animals, whereas, Noah's, whereas the sukkah is, it brings peace in the world in some way, in different, in different manifestations of this. But Noah's ark is, is, is vivid, it's clear, it's perceptible, it's like the time of coming Mashiach. And although in Noah's ark there were different places for each animal, but the Rebbe says you cannot say that the animal's nature didn't change. Because if the animals were still predatory in the ark, so you had these flimsy little um, cages for each animal over a year, they're there for a whole year, it's impossible that they wouldn't hurt each other. Uh, it's impossible they wouldn't attack each other, unless they changed. So just because it says in Rashi that they each had their own place, they each had their own uh, cage, whatever, but that wasn't, that wasn't sufficient to protect them from each other. It was, it was, the reason why they were able to get along was because in the ark there was a taste of the time coming to Sheikh when the animals get along. Now, although Rashi doesn't mention this miracle, the reason Rashi doesn't mention this miracle is because Rashi already said earlier in the Torah that these animals were special. Number one, Rashi says these were chosen animals. Of all the animals in the world, these are the animals that, that, that were um, faithful to their, to their species, as opposed to other animals which, didn't, which, which weren't. Of all the animals in the world, these animals went by themselves to the ark. It wasn't that, that Noah had to grab and catch each animal. They all went by themselves. So therefore, Rashi doesn't have to mention that the animals miraculously got along because Rashi already is telling us these animals were, were, were special animals. So this is the connection between um, this Torah portion and Mashiach because in this Torah portion we see a, a taste of time becoming Mashiach. So what's the message for us now? What are we supposed to what, how is it supposed to impact us? What's a lesson for us when we think about Noah's Ark being the, like the time of Sheikh? We're not in Noah's Ark. What, what's a message for, message for us? So number one is this. The Gemara says, The Gemara says that we could have, um, to reinforce our belief in the resurrection of the dead, we should think about the following. 
if those who were never alive became alive, those who were once alive certainly could be alive again. It's logical. If, if, if I was born and I was never alive before, for sure there could be the resurrection of those who passed away already. Those who were once alive, for sure they could live again. In a similar way, it says in Tanya, in the Alter Ben chapter 36 and 37, talks about the coming of Mashiach, the Alter mentions, and this happened already. The Alter said that a similar thing to the coming of Mashiach happened when Hashem gave, when Hashem gave us the Torah. Hashem gave us the Torah, the whole world was enveloped by the truth of Hashem. Why is Alter mentioned that it happened already? Because the Alter wants to say that this is easier to be reenacted because you already, this already happened once. So we don't have to split the heavens in the language of the Rebbe, Shpalt and Himlin, to bring Mashiach. We, it's, it's easier because it already happened in Noah's Ark. Since in this world, in Noah's Ark, there was already a taste of the coming of Mashiach, therefore to re- make this reenactment is not a, a dramatic change in the creation. It's not, it's not as dramatic as, it's, of course it's dramatic, but it's not, it's not as dramatic as it would have been had it never happened before. And, and think about this. It wasn't that in the time of Noah, everyone was like, you know, perfect tzaddikim, and everyone was doing amazing, and they were great, they were all wonderful people, and, 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 and they were building up, building up, till they reached the state of Noah's Ark. It's the opposite. They were in a very low spiritual state. So low that Hashem needed to bring the flood. And so there was a descent in them personally, and all of creation was in a state of descent, as Arizal writes, and so, besides the sin of Adam and Eve, which also affected all of creation, the generation of the flood was, was, was even lower. And yet, in all of this, what happens? The wolf lies with the lamb. In a simple sense, they're all getting along. In the, Noah's Ark was in the physical world, and happened in the, here. And if that's what happened then, how much more so can this happen now, after God gave us a Torah, after Jewish people came to mitzvahs, Throughout the world, throughout all this time, it's for sure a lot easier to bring Mashiach after considering all the impact of Terimitsis throughout out, out history. Now, that adds another point. Before I share the next point, I just want to tell you a story. I, I don't remember if I shared this story with you yet. I probably didn't. Um, there was an Israeli journalist whose name was Eliel Mikam, who was in an audience with the Rebbe. Um, he worked for Diyot Achronot. And he was in an audience with the Rebbe, and he told the Rebbe, that um, they were asked him, do you know the mistake that have been made after the Six-Day War? So he said he doesn't. So the Rebbe said, um, the mistake he made was he didn't properly value his strength. He didn't properly value his power. In other words, the Rebbe is referring to how, how Rabin and the Israeli government was pandering to the Americans and to the Arabs and saying, we want to give back all the land that we conquered. So the reason they did that is because they didn't properly value it. They, they, they got the land they could hold on to and they could do this. They did this. They, they, they don't have to be afraid of anybody. They didn't properly value his strength. So Mr. Mikan tells Rebbe, well, many people don't value their strength. So the Rebbe said, that's not important. What I want to tell you is that if a person doesn't value their strength, they're making a mistake. And every single one of us has unique, is endowed with strength, not just special people. Every one of us is endowed with strength. And, and the future, the coming of Mashiach, is something that, that uh, it rests in the shoulders of each of us. We're, we're able to make Mashiach come. Each of us has this power. And this is the point that there makes now about Noah's Ark. Noah was one person. And yet, through his efforts, what happened? He created this space of the coming of Mashiach. This space that was like the coming of Mashiach. And so too, every single Jew has this power to do this. And how does he do this? So, 
I'm not sure this is connected with this or not, but I want to share with you this fascinating letter of the Rebbe that um, unbelievable will lift you off your feet. Uh, and it may be connected to the next point the Rebbe makes, but how to do this. Um, just let me tell you briefly what the Rebbe says how to do this. The Rebbe says that it says in the Torah, Hashem told Noach, go into the ark, right? Go into the boat. The Baal Shem Tev said, the words go into the ark mean, don't just say the words of davening, enter the words of davening. Believe in the words of davening that you're saying, enter the words of davening. If there's a flood around you. What should you do? Go into the ark. But not only should you go into the ark, you should also bring the, your wife in the ark, bring your children in the ark, bring the animals in the ark, bring non-kosher animals in the ark, bring the whole world into the ark. So that, so that means, Ebba says, bring the whole world into your davening. That's the words that Ebba says in this for bring. And more, not just bring the whole world into your davening, but also in the ark there was, Rashi says, Hashem told Noach, make light for the ark. That means you should illuminate the world as it is within the ark, through, a bright, through the light which was in the ark, in the ark there was this bright stone, Rashi says, that illuminated everything that was in the ark. And more, you should also make a window in the ark. That means that not only are you, are you creating light in the ark, you're also creating light, light outside the ark. You're illuminating things in the world, both within in the boat and illuminating the world as it is outside the boat. As it is outside the, what the boat means, the words of Torah and prayer. So it doesn't say exactly, I don't see there, but saying how to bring the world into the ark and how to illuminate the world that's in your ark and how to illuminate the world outside the ark. But in other Fabrengans, ever spoke about this, this idea of seeing divine providence and realizing what Hashem is doing, that it's looking for Hashem's hand. Um, but I want to share with you this unbelievable letter. Unbelievable. Um, this, this guy writes to Rebbe that uh, he's doing business and he's having a hard time, he's in debt, and he has a couple of ideas of what he could do. He could sell various properties, but he doesn't know what to do. And that writes back to him, I, I see from your letter that the number one thing, the number one issue is, is that you're sad, you're depressed, and automatically your trust in Hashem is weaker. I write that this is the most important thing. Why? Because based upon what it says in holy books, and especially what it says in Chassidus, Bazeh Tali Hakel. Everything depends on your trust in Hashem. Your trust in Hashem is the yardstick to determine how connected your physical things in your life are with Hashem. In other words, the binding agent that connects your physical life with Hashem is your trust in Hashem. And that, so how much you trust Hashem, that's, that, that, that is how connected your physical life is with Hashem. And if your connection with Hashem is full, means you have full trust in Hashem, so then it's impossible you should have anything, anything deficient because Hashem is not missing anything. So if you connect your physical life, your physical things, your material life, your finances, with Hashem, with your trust in Hashem, since Hashem is not missing anything, therefore you won't be missing anything either. You ask my advice. Never continues. After giving, uh, after first telling you, as you requested, I mentioned you at the, at the OL of my father-in-law, I want to tell you my advice. My advice is, you should work on yourself. You should work on yourself to strengthen your trust in Hashem in the greatest measure. And the real meaning, the true meaning of trusting Hashem means this. Although you don't see any path in nature, it's beyond, all, yet beyond all doubt, you know that's going to be good. In an open and clear way, you can see with your eyes. 
That means you're going to have abundance in parnasa. You have abundance in your in your finances. You're going to have health. That's the meaning of trusting in Hashem. That you, that's going to, you know it's going to be good in a way you could see it, although there's no route in nature of this to happen. For Hashem, there but continues, nature doesn't have any effect. Doesn't, the nature, is on, the nature doesn't matter. What nature says doesn't matter to Hashem. So when a person, the Rebbe says, lifts himself up a little bit above the earth, how so? What does that mean, lift yourself a little above the earth? That means to be a believing Jew, that you know that you're, you're absolutely certain, you're absolutely sure that there's no one has any control over you except for Hashem. So when you, if, since Hashem is not affected by nature, so when you lift yourself above nature, you lift yourself a little, bit above, a little bit above the earth, and you become a person of faith, which means that you know that no one is in control except for Hashem, so you're able to bring this into the world, that, not, that nature cannot have any adverse effect on you at all, God has And that continues and says, I hope to God strongly that if you will, I strongly trust in Hashem, that if you will strengthen your trust in Hashem absolutely, you'll immediately see a change in how God is governing your finances, and things will start getting better and better. And that concludes, in addition to this, you should immediately give stuck as you did before, and at least add a little bit of what you did till now, and I expect your good news from you. So I'm, I'm, I brought this letter in because I think this letter is relevant to this idea of bringing the world into your davening. Bring your world into your davening, I think, means that you realize, you believe the absolute faith that Hashem takes care of your world. That's, that's the idea of bringing the world into your davening, into your boat, into your words of prayer. And not just inside your words of prayer, like you're, you, you have a luminous stone inside the ark, but there adds more, there should be a window so that there's an impact on, from, from within where your, your space of Mashiach, your space of davening. Is, is a space of the time the coming Mashiach, you're, 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 you're entering the ark, you're totally in a state of attachment to Hashem, you bring this outside of your, of your life as well, outside of your davening as well, until, as the Torah says, Noach opened the window. He opened the window, which means he, he, there was a connection, a direct connection between your space of davening, your, your, your zone of, timing, of the coming of Mashiach, and the way that you walk around, the way, the way, that's why I, that's why I take this, this, these words. Could be I'm off, but um, uh, that, that's it's certainly a true thing that your trust in Hashem is a binding agent that connects your your physical things with Hashem. Okay. Besides the emphasis of the coming of Mashiach in the parsha of Noach, we also see this emphasized in the half Torah. In the half Torah, it talks about how um, Hashem says that the whole exile is compared to a moment. Hashem said, for a small moment I've left you, and with great mercy I'll gather you in. Hashem promises this in the language of a promise, of an oath. Hashem swear, says, I swear to you, I will never again bring a flood like the waters of Noah. I'll never, I'll never get angry at you anymore. And Hashem continues that my kindness will never leave you. My promise to you will never leave you. And Hashem is talking about the coming of Mashiach. So... That's what the, the Haftor is talking about. Also about Mashiach. So everybody concludes this, this talk by saying this. May be Hashem's will that through our actions, through our service of Hashem, we should immediately merit to see the coming of Mashiach, the true and complete redemption, and we'll actually see the wolf getting along with the lamb in a simple sense. We'll actually see the nations of the world acting in this way. And 
even if um, the other commentaries are correct, that this is not referring to the nations of the world, it's referring to the animals, but certainly they agree that at least it means the nations of the world too. I mean, if it means the animals, they for sure, within $200, they have $100. If they say it means the animals in the simple sense getting along with each other, for sure the nations of the world will get along with us. And since the Torah says you're supposed to taste from the foods of Shabbos before Shabbos, so we already see now at the end of the exile how there is this concept, how the wolf is lying with the lamb now, that the, Jew, the non-Jews are helping the Jewish people in all their, all their affairs. But, of course, there's only a taste of how it's supposed to be Moshiach will come, and it's not fully there yet, as we all know, but we do see something, right, this week. We saw a lot of assistance coming to Jewish people. Not fully, at one hand, you know, but it's a taste of it. And the main thing will happen, Moshiach will come, and the Torah says, the world will be full of the knowledge of God, and then, um, then the, uh, the wolf will lie with the lamb. So, point the, when the world's full of knowledge of God, then the wolf lies with the lamb. So too, to bring Mashiach, we have to spread the teachings of Hasidus, because the teachings of Hasidus are the knowledge of God, and that's as the Baal was told by Mashiach, how, when will I come, I'll come, we will spread Hasidus to the whole world. So the way to bring the coming Mashiach is by um, spreading Hasidus, because as the Torah says, the world will be full of knowledge of God, and that's when the wolf will lie with the lamb. So may Hashem help, it's, it's, this all happens speedily in our days, literally, now, um, in the, uh, now in the way that even nation, even non-Jews understand what the word now means and, and that, that's how it should happen um, how much more so should this happen in Hebrew which is the language that the world was created by speedily in Ardis Mamish simply the true implicult of Mashiach immediately Mamish with joy and gladness of heart any uh, questions or comments alright great day David great day Blake great day Rezev we throw it yeah. This is the kind of information that needs to get out. Yeah. Send me that letter. Yeah. Yes. Send it to everybody. That's a really amazing letter. I, I will send it. I, I actually did it 